You're listening to audio from Holy Cross Church in Tucson, Arizona. To find more resources and learn more about our ministry, please visit holycrosstucson.com. And we've been looking at those, uh, those I am sayings of Jesus, right? He says, uh, I am. He's telling us who he is. We're knowing Jesus, knowing who he is throughout the gospel of John. And here uh, we look at him when he says, I am the good shepherd. We kind of touched on this last week and, and uh John, the Apostle John, kind of develops this as he records Jesus' words. Uh, John chapter 10, we'll be reading in verse 11 through 18. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I've received from my Father. This is God's word. So Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. I'm the good shepherd. For several weeks, we've been looking at these these I am sayings of Jesus through the Gospel of John, and I want to point out how this I am saying, our last and final one, is so different than all the other I am sayings that we have seen so far. Consider some of the other ones that we have seen so far. I am the light, I am the bread, I am the vine, I am the door. All of these are just like these objects and here it's like this more explicit object of one that stands out among all the others. One that is all about this emotional, spiritual, relational and connected relationship that Jesus has with his followers. All the other ones, of course, great metaphors that Jesus uses, but you don't have meaningful relationship with light and bread and vines and doors and gates. But with a shepherd, there is a deeper connection. There's a real relationship. These are, there's certain words that immediately conjure up images in people's minds. You know, I could say words to you and you will have images that just pop into your mind. Memories, pumpkin spice. <laughs> See, you just, like, yeah, you know, mother, 9-11. Sights, sounds, feelings, emotions, memories. Words can do that and it happens almost instantaneously. And this is what would happen in the minds of Jesus' listeners as he talks about this and he says, I am the good shepherd. Immediately there would be a, a flood of, of knowledge and memory and understanding. There's gonna be images and characteristics that they would consider about what it means to be a shepherd and what it would mean to be a good one, a good shepherd. And Jesus presents himself as the good shepherd. We're meant to to see this connection between uh, how a good shepherd relates to his sheep and how Jesus relates to his followers. And Jesus immediately compares himself with the hired hand. 
as the good shepherd is different from the hired hand. The shepherds would hire a worker so that they could get some respite or some, some sleep, or maybe they had to tend to the sheep in some other way, or they had to go off and get some supplies or whatever it would be. There would be a hired hand. And the hired hand doesn't care about the sheep the same way the shepherd cares about the sheep. The, the, the hired hand cares only enough to keep his job. The good shepherd's different. Not only does the the good shepherd know his sheep, but his sheep are important to him. The story says if the shepherd, there's a story in Matthew that says, Jesus tells a story, he says, if the shepherd has a hundred sheep and 99 are there, but one is lost, the shepherd will leave the 99 and go off and find and search for that lost sheep and bring him back. Hired hand wouldn't do that. Uh, the good shepherd would, would leave and find this one because every sheep, he knows their name. He cares for them. They are important to him. He knows them and they know him. The hired hand doesn't care. What happens when a wolf comes and the hired hand is there? The hired hand says, they don't pay me enough for this. I'm out. That's exactly what Jesus says. He flees, he runs away. He protects his own life. Why would you lay down your life for the sheep? as a hired hand. How is Jesus different? When trouble comes, Jesus stands between us and the sheep, or in the the threat. He stands between his sheep and the threat, even at the risk of his own life. When, When one wanders, Jesus pursues that one and brings him back. When darkness falls, Jesus stays and watches over us. He stays awake and watches over us. He He says previously that he's the gate, he's the door that protects us at night when darkness falls. Even when we think we might be facing trouble in our life, he is with us. We are never alone. In essence, here is what Jesus is saying when using this metaphor. He's establishing a relationship with his followers in which the Christian has a secure base from which to encounter the world without fear that the sheep can feel so secure, so connected, so loved, that from there, they can go out into the world, encounter the world, even encounter trouble, and to know that they are going to be okay. By calling himself the the good shepherd, he's presenting himself as that genuine antitype. The genuine antitype. What's the antitype? It's the opposite of what they're used to. Jesus is the good shepherd. He says, I know you're, you're used to shepherds that, that kind of leave when it's, when it's hard. You, you're, you, you know shepherds that don't have a, a relationship with the sheep. You know shepherds that are just there because it's a job. He's the good shepherd. I want to really spend the, the rest of our time kind of looking at what are some bad shepherds like? Can we do that? And thank you. And then, and we can look at this and and see these, these types of shepherds that, that Jesus really stands opposed to, and then he presents himself as the good shepherd. One, there's the unavailable shepherd. You have, you know, you have need in your life, you have sorrow, you have conflict in your life, and the shepherd doesn't notice. The shepherd might be imperceptive of your needs. He's unavailable, he's clueless to the emotional cues in your life. There's hard things going on in your life and maybe you don't share them with anyone. And the unavailable shepherd is just imperceptive, unavailable, doesn't really, is not clued in to what's going on in your life. He's also unresponsive. 
You know, this shepherd watches as the sheep struggle. They suffer to find their own way. They don't know what to do. They don't know how to find food. They don't know how to find shelter. Or the shepherd is just downright rejecting of the needs that these sheep have. The sheep have physical needs, emotional needs, relational needs. You know, just rub some dirt on it, they say. It'll just get better. This is an unavailable shepherd. You know, the sheep who are led by an emotionally unavailable shepherd begin to learn that painful emotions and painful, difficult things in your life will never get an empathetic, caring response. You're going to have to find another way to survive other than resting on that shepherd. The result is you avoid closeness with the shepherd. You avoid closeness with other people because you know that those people cannot meet your emotional and relational needs. You can't get close to people. You don't, you choose not to get close to people because you know and you've been trained because of this unavailable shepherd that if you have deep needs, if you express them to that person, they're not gonna care. They're not gonna respond. And so you avoid closeness with the shepherd. You avoid closeness with other sheep. You become kind of this isolated island of a person. The sheep over, overcompensate maybe for unmet emotional lead, needs. They, they sink into like the, only the logical, the theological, the, the literal characteristics of the shepherd. Well, he'll, he provides for me and he, there's always food and uh, he's just a very practical shepherd. But when it comes to caring for my needs, like that's not what he's there for. He's just one that just makes sure that I stay alive. Jesus says, I'm not like that shepherd. I'm not like that shepherd who's uninterested in your burdens, uninterested or unresponsive to your needs. He is so cued in. He is so in tune and he's so responsive to our needs. He doesn't brush off our pain. He is good. Then there's the uh, inconsistent shepherd. You know, this shepherd is so inconsistent with the needs of the sheep. Sometimes he feeds them. Sometimes he ignores them. Sometimes he spends time with them. Sometimes he rejects them. Sometimes he protects them. Sometimes he lets harm come to them. Sometimes he abuses them and hits them with the shaft. Sometimes there's patience. Other times there's chaos. And the sheep are led by this kind of inconsistent shepherd. They, they soon learn that the world is an unreliable, unpredictable, and unsafe place. So you need to look out for yourself. Jesus says, I'm not like that kind of shepherd either. I'm not like the kind of shepherd who changes his mind. I'm not like the shepherd that you approach and you're gonna get a different response every single time. I'm not like that one. Five times Jesus says, I lay my life down for my sheep. I lay my life down for my sheep yesterday, today, tomorrow. No matter what you face, when you come to me, you will find the same good shepherd. He does not at one time become harsh and abusive and then the next day ask for affirmation and affection. He is good and consistent, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And then there's the anxious shepherd. You know, this shepherd is afraid of everything. This shepherd is afraid of threats and afraid of difficulty. When trouble comes, there's just panic. 
You know, the wolf is coming. They rush towards the sheep and everything. Oh, never mind. Never mind. It wasn't a wolf. It was a fox. Sorry, guys. My bad. Whew, that, was a, that was a close one. The shepherd is just constantly agitated, constantly anxious. Everything is a big deal. The sheep wanders a little bit from where they need to go and the shepherd just comes down really hard on that sheep. This sheep, are, they're grazing comfortably and then the next second, the shepherd sounds the alarm in panic. Sheep like that come to learn that you need to be constantly afraid because you don't know what kind of threat is gonna come your way. They never rest. They get heartburn and ulcers, probably. You know, there's GI issues. They have trouble sleeping because there's, you never know when there's a threat around the corner that's gonna come and get you. Jesus says, I'm not like that kind of shepherd who is afraid of the future and afraid of trouble. I'm not an anxious shepherd. In, in fact, in verse 18, he says, I lay my life down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down. I have authority to take it up. This charge I received from my father. He says, I, I, I am not afraid of trouble. I'm not afraid of losing my life. In fact, it's my choice. I'm willingly giving myself all the authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. There is nothing outside of my knowing. There is nothing outside of my eternal decrees. There's nothing outside of my provision. He knows who he is. He knows where he came from. He knows where he's going. He knows the authority that he operates within. He is not afraid, not even in the face of death. Five times he says, I laid down my life without a hint of fear, but completely as a response of obedient joy to his father. And this creates a sheep that are not afraid of trouble because they have a shepherd that will protect them. They're not afraid of what's gonna come around the corner and what disappointment is next because they have a shepherd who is good Jesus is not unavailable. He is not inconsistent. He is not anxious and constantly afraid. If you've picked it up, these are also parenting styles. <laughs> Jesus is the good shepherd. There's a reason why the parents are, are called the shepherds. They are to shepherd their children in the same way. But we need God's grace, of course, and we can fall into one or all of those categories of not being good shepherds. But Jesus is good. What does it mean to be the good shepherd? Jesus is emotionally in tuned, emotionally in tune. He is perceptive. He is responsive to our needs. Jesus is steady. He is dependable. He is a dependable presence in our life. Jesus is consistent with compassion with patience, with kindness. He does not say, you know, yesterday I was compassionate. Today I'm fed up. Jesus understands and connects with his sheep. Jesus cares about our joys, our hurts, our fears, and our mistakes. Jesus is trustworthy. Jesus reads our hearts perfectly and knows how to respond in the right time and in the best ways. Jesus stands between us and our enemies and he defeats them. Jesus sacrifices his own life so that we might live. This is so different from any relationship you have ever encountered. 
This is so different than any friendship. This is so different from everything you have ever known. Do you know this Jesus? The one that calls himself good and stands in opposition to everything that is not good? Do you know this Jesus? This is the Jesus of the Bible. This is the Jesus that, that presents himself to us. Jesus is making an incredible statement about his relationship with his people. He likens his knowledge of us to that which he has with the Father. This is so interesting. In one sense, this is astonishing. In another sense, it's just unthinkable. The perfect knowledge by which the Father knows the Son and the Son knows the Father, it is that knowledge that Jesus has of us. This should scare us if Jesus were not good. This should terrify us to have someone that knows every thought, every idol, every fear, every inconsistency, every wayward emotion and desire, every wickedness in us. To be known with such precision and closeness could make us afraid. We don't want people to know us that deeply. In fact, a lot of us spend our whole lives making sure no one does. Don't get that close. I know I've, I've been in relationships that are unavailable and inconsistent and anxious, and I do, it's just too painful. We are natural hiders. Sheep are just natural hiders, and we have been since Adam. When sin first came into the world, what did Adam do? He hid. He hid because he was afraid. And that's what we do when we don't know what kind of shepherd wants a relationship with us. When God approaches us, we don't know what he's coming with. And so we get afraid and we hide. We spend a great deal of time and energy trying to make sure that no one will ever know what is in our minds and in our hearts to know the true and messy self that we are. But not only does Jesus know this, he already knows this about us. The passage tells us that we know him, that we get to know him. And what we know about him is that he is good. He is not like others. He is not like those who have wounded and hurt us. He is not like those who have abused us and rejected us. He is unlike anyone in your life. Others may know us deeply and then recoil when they find out the truth. But Jesus knows us and he draws near. He knows us and he pursues us. He knows us and he calls us out not for a beating. He calls us out for green pasture. He calls us out for comfort, for peace, for rest. He does not abuse the knowledge he has of us. Has anyone ever done that when they, they know you and they use that as ammunition against you? It's so painful. Jesus knows everything about us and he doesn't use that information against us. He uses it to save us. He lays down his life instead. What does he do with all that information that he has? He gives his life for us. Instead of abusing it, he lays down his life. You know, there's, there's a general understanding of, of sheep that are just, you know, they can't run fast. They're not that intelligent. intelligent. They don't have any natural means of protection against pre, of predators. Think about that. What do sheep have? They don't have talons or teeth. Like, it's just a mess. They're just a mess of a creature. They, 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 cannot, they, they cannot protect themselves at all. Here, here's a picture I took actually years ago in Norway uh, with a Sony Cybershot. Yeah? Okay. Remember that? Yeah? Uh, I got developed at, at Walgreens. And uh, no. So this is a picture, and I, I just, I have to tell you, I have such an affinity for 
flock of sheep. I just absolutely love it. If I'm driving and I see sheep grazing, I stop and I have to get out of my car and I have to go talk with them. I seriously, and so this is what happened. I stumbled upon this field in Norway. It's like the sheep capital of the world. And there's this natural barrier, these barriers of these boulders and rocks, and then there's a fence, and they just stay in that area. They don't jump over the boulders, and they're just kind of clueless. Look at, I'm walking towards them, and not a single one is looking at me. <laughs> like, they're really not that smart. And they, they're just, and I, I got really excited, and I went closer and closer, and then one of them just freaked out, okay? And they just started bolting, every single one of them. <laughs> Sheep are funny. When they get scared, they don't all run in one direction. They all run towards each other and just, like, hit into each other. And they're jumping over this, this barrier that the shepherd had put there, so that, and they run off into the forest, probably never to be seen again. And I'm feeling now panicked. One of them runs, jumps, misreads the rock completely, and lands a few feet short and hits right into the rocks. I mean, these creatures are just like deplorable. They're just like, they're completely useless. Okay, and I, I okay, where was I going with this? I can't remember. <clears throat> now this doesn't, this didn't stop me from like getting close to them. It didn't stop me to like, go and see them. They, they, they wander with their heads down. They eat and they graze with their heads completely down and they don't pick up their heads. And then, one, and then after they're done eating, they pick their heads up and they're in a place that they didn't know how they got there. And they're far off from where they started. Um, God's prophet Isaiah says this, that we can be like them. And he actually says, we, we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. We get spooked easily. We go beyond the barriers that, that God has put in place for our protection. We run into each other. We, we beat each other up. We harm each other. We harm ourselves. And we do this. We go to our own way. And what does God do in response to that? Isaiah tells us in the rest of this passage, he says, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. We are like these sheep that run off when we're spooked, we go beyond God's law and commands. How many of us wander? All of us. How many of us sin? All of us. How many of us do what we want? All of us. And so Jesus, in response to that, lays down his life for us. When he says that his life is laid down for us, the word for means in their place. Here are some other synonyms. On behalf of, instead of, as a substitute for. This is what he's meaning. This is what we do. And instead of us being that lost sheep in the wilderness with no hope to just die in our own sin, he takes our place. The gospel is communicated here. If anyone knew you at your very bottom, they would want to turn on you. If you knew all my deepest thoughts throughout the day, you might not want me to be your pastor. But if I knew all your deepest thoughts throughout the day, I might not want to be your pastor. <laughs> all right, let's just be honest, okay? We're seeing the gospel communicated here. The good shepherd like willingly sacrifices his life to the point of death in order to deliver his sheep. Listen what he says about his sacrifice. I lay it down on my own accord. I have authority to lay it down. I have authority to take it up. Jesus is unique in this. A shepherd can lay down their life for the sheep, but then the shepherd's dead. Jesus says, like, I, I will give my life for you as a ransom for your sin and punishment for your sin, but then I need my life to be taken back up to defeat death and sin once and for all and to give you new life. So unlike any shepherd, he doesn't just show his love for us in dying for us. 
He shows his love for us in taking it back up, taking his life back up. And so the good shepherd here has become the sacrificial lamb. Do you see that? The good shepherd has become the sacrificial lamb. You and I are sheep. We have a good shepherd. What is there to fear? We are his sheep. He is our shepherd. There isn't a single aspect of your life that doesn't belong to him, nor a single aspect of your life he doesn't care about. So let's follow him. Let's follow the good shepherd. Thanks for listening to this audio from Holy Cross Church. Visit us at holycrosstucson.com to find more resources and connect with us.